I'm so happy you're with me this week to listen in on my conversation with Travia Stewart, a coach whose business and her podcast are called Reinvent You. And she specializes in helping people break out of what is holding them back so they can live with integrity, aligned with their true purpose and passion. I know you're going to get a lot out of this conversation with my fellow theater sister. We share thespian roots and a lot of similar perspectives. And we certainly get a little lit up when we talk about people empowering themselves to be all that they have that potential to be. So I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Listen in. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Let me ask you a question. How do you answer when stress calls? It comes in on lots of different channels these days, sometimes as white noise and sometimes with bells and whistles blaring. You may try to power through, working harder and pushing yourself to the limit in the hopes that doing all you can will be enough to get you through. Stress can feel heavy, ominous and maybe hiding inside of any new email or notification on your computer. What if, instead, you see stress as an opportunity to rise and thrive? What if stress not only strengthens you, but fuels your success? It's not a dream, and it's not a secret that's exclusive to the power players. If you shift your perspective, you can empower yourself to enjoy a radical shift in how you show up to stress and how stress shows up in your life. Want to learn more? I have a special report for you that shares some tools you can easily incorporate to start putting stress to work for you. It's available for free at happifiedlife.com. Click on the gift button to pick up your report today. Welcome back. I am so excited to have you with me today for what I already know is going to be a phenomenal, as Alan would say, an awesome nominal conversation with my friend Travia Seward. Travia is a performance and success coach who's hired when people are tired of settling for the status quo. She helps them uncover the dreams that they've put on the back burner, dreams even bigger, and then create exponential results in their life. And that in a nutshell, that is like barely scratching the surface. So I know we're going to dig a lot deeper today into the magic of Travia and your story, because I know it is a great one and really inspirational. So thank you, Trey, for making some time and joining me today. Oh, Susie Vine, thank you for inviting me. I love, you know, one of the reasons why I do my podcast and I love being invited on again is to have an excuse to talk about the things that we can't normally talk about with our friends who don't want to talk about this kind of stuff. But on a podcast, we can just go there. So this is heaven for me. 
Well, and yes. And what is the name of your podcast? We want to make sure people check it out, like subscribe, tell their friends. Reinvent you. Mm-hmm. There we so go. Check I'm... out Travia's show, Reinvent You. And at some point, I'm going to get to pop on over there. And it's yes. nice to be in the guest seat sometimes, right? Because when you're like in mission control, you're like, where are we going? And what's my time? And, yes. and how is this all going to come together? And it's nice to just sit back and, you know, just get to wax Absolutely. philosophical for a bit. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You don't have to prepare for anything, just, just show up. Right? <laughs> Which is how life should be when we feel like showing up, right? Authentically Mm. and being our fullest selves, like there's a lot less effort to that, right? It is. When we let go of the shoulds and the must, we must do this because society, our parents, our loved ones have placed those things on us, right? So when we just drop those things and go, you know what? I'm going to just hang out with Susie today. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to have a good time. Guaranteed good time. Yes. Travia, please tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, mine has been a winding path. I share yeah. that all the time on the show. So I love meeting fellow wanderers. Yes. You know, I've always known, and you don't really realize that that you knew it then, but it wasn't until I started doing the work as a life coach and I go, oh my God, I've always, I've always known this. So really quick, I remember... The person that had the, the, the first impact on me was my fifth grade teacher. And her name was Miss Godin. She was my fifth grade teacher. And then I went to the middle school. She then became my eighth grade teacher because she went to teach junior high, you know. And I just remember that she was the first person that made me feel accepted, fully accepted, seen, heard, and appreciated. And I never forgot that. And I remember I always wanted to be in her presence. I always, I wanted to be her favorite, all these things. And so what happened was I graduated from college and I goes, oh, I want to go into theatrical lighting, but I wasn't really connecting with people. And so I was like, I don't feel like I'm making a difference here. I'm just, I'm working kind of in a warehouse and this is kind of cool. I'm making really great money, but I'm not connecting with anybody and I don't think I'm impacting anybody with lights. And so I like, I had friends who were teachers and I was like, you know what? I miss doing theater. I think maybe I'll give this a try. And I remember I walked in, I didn't have a lick of experience as a teacher. And I, and I waited until School was going to start like the next week, because if you put your resume in months ahead, no, no, they're going to take the more qualified people then, and they're just going to throw you. The desperate folks are going to pick up your resume because you're the only one a week before. That's what I did. I had a school district that called me and this was in East Texas. And he said, you know, I had a theater degree. I played college softball. He wanted somebody to coach one act, to direct one act play, teach speech and what (laughs) coach softball. And I was like, holy shit. And so he started asking me, he's like, well, what do you know about Bloom's taxonomy? And I said, nothing, but you know what? I can learn. He hired me on the spot that day, sent me to the next building to talk to the superintendent because it was a small school and that was my job. And so I taught theater for 24 years, but then Susie, this is where we probably have this in common. I know we have some theater in our background, but there was a moment I taught high school theater for a long time, for over two decades. Right. And then there came a moment where I was like, 
I can do this blindfolded. Is this as good as it gets? Am I going to just look forward to retiring? Am I just gonna keep doing this? And I just wasn't fulfilled anymore. And then you know, I got my own, my first life coach. I went to Brendan Burchard High Performance Academy and I was just always crying. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I got it, you know, just this whole, everything was coming over me. And the clarity came when I was at the gym on the spin bike, because I was listening to like Motiversity, Les Brown, Tony Robbins, all these people. And I'm crying and I'm up and, and I'm really going, I'm pumping it because it's a hard heel, but you know, you're not feeling it because I'm like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. And in that moment, I had clarity and I, I was overcome with so much emotion that I said, okay, this is the thing. This is my next chapter. So, yeah, so I, I may have drawn that out a little more than I thought I would, but that's how it happened. And then I'll tell you what the catalyst was that made it happen faster. All right. I'll throw in some side notes and then we will get to the catalyst because that okay. is always, I mean, that wasn't enough. Like having your right. total moment <laughs> in the throes of it, you think you've got clarity, but wait, yes. life has one more thing to give to you. Yes. <laughs> but so it's so crazy. true. Um and people, when they think of theater or they've been involved in it or they hear, oh, you worked in theater, like that, mm-hmm. that's amazing. I love the arts or we need more of the arts. It's so right. important. And it is so important for our kids to have this opportunity. I definitely am super, um, I, I remember very clearly my high school drama teacher. She was a love, Miss Esquivel, Letitia Esquivel. Give her a shout out and a Spanish teacher. And I wanted to be a Spanish major oh, right. and a theater minor. But then mm-hmm. theater sounded like more fun and off I well, went yeah. down that path. <laughs> well, yeah. Until I heard a stage manager say, I used to feel like I was so important and so integral to the process and really developing and holding the vision and supporting the cast and guiding the performance. And then I realized I was just enabling. <laughs> and it was one of those moments where you're like, those are the words I haven't been able to find because yeah. in regional theater and opera festivals, you're making extraordinary art. You're working with top tier people and you're creating things that are safe because you have to mm-hmm. keep the subscribers coming back or, you know, the, the show has to pencil out. My husband loves to say pencil out, right? You can't yeah. really yeah. take big chances when you're putting on really big productions. The right. real breakthroughs happen in fringe. And the real mm. growth I think happens in high school when the place where you can really explore emotions you haven't felt brave enough to get into or right. situations which you would never meet otherwise, they happen in high school when you're on the stage for the first time or you yeah. are like going all out till opening night, you know, late nights p- painting the set and hanging the lights and doing yeah. that backstage stuff. And I know you feel me there. I love absolutely my, my lighting people. Yes. <laughs> Amazing acrobats of ladders and lifts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, and so I just wanted to honor that like theater is so important in so many different ways. And I've also heard it said, and I, I wholeheartedly agree that people who come from theater make the best whatever they do next. If it's employees, if it's business leaders, if it's coaches, if it's teachers, like we have such a diverse skill set because we really are creative problem solvers. What's the budget? What's the deadline? You know, we just make it fit and, and shine. 
make it look easy. Oh, right. Susie. So it's, it's, I love to see where we go after mm-hmm. we've been in theater. So yes. it's always interesting. To yes. Me. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, so then just when you thought, okay, I've got this dialed in coaching, helping people be who they want to be, be the best yep. they can be, mm-hmm. but wait, there's more. Yes. Wait, there's more because I am the type of person who I have all these ideas and I don't, and I go, yeah, I'm going to make that happen. When am I going to make that happen? When, after this, when this thing happens, when I get my goal weight, when I make more money, when I have replaced my teaching salary, then I will quit and go full-time coach. And then one of the things was because I was so inspired by Brendan Burchard and Les Brown. And I was like, I want to speak. I want to speak on stages. And then here it is, Susie. I said, but I don't think I have a big enough story. Because people that I hear who speak on stage, they have these life altering moments, you know, near life death experiences. I was like, I don't have a big enough story. So I was still teaching. I was coaching and teaching at the same time at the beginning of 2020. And then I went for a mammogram a lifetime ago, the beginning of 2020. Oh yeah. I but know you didn't just have everyone else's 2020. <laughs> right. I, I had quite a different 2020 and it took me a minute to realize what was happening. So I was diagnosed with early stage breast cancer in January of 2020. And of course did all the things because you know I can be real dramatic too. You know, that theater comes in handy, you know. Oh <laughs> you know, just the whole thing. And then it's like, you know, pull yourself together. Okay. And then, you know, I had my moments where I was like, okay, what do I do with this? And then what really lit the fire was the cancer that, oh shit, cancer doesn't even run in my family. I feel like this is my fire that it's like, make those moves now. Susie, I had (laughs) the world shut down for COVID on March 11th. I had a double mastectomy on March 11th. I was planning on going to Rich Litvin's intensive in San Diego. I was directing to see the stars of full length, a full length drama for our spring play. And I was like, I'm just going to be off three weeks. I'm coming back. I'm going to direct that show. Damn it. Well, the world (laughs) shut down. I never set foot back in that building until it was time to go and get my stuff. And I always said, I'm never going to quit teaching until I replace my te- my coaching staff, my teaching salary I'm ne- to, to go and coach. And then that year it was like, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Okay. You don't have a big enough story. Bam. Here it is. How about that? And Susie, and if I can, if I can speak to how, what a transformation that whole thing took me through. Because when I talk about stepping into helping other people step into their authentic selves, it's because I was living the majority of my life until I was like, you know, 40, 45. I didn't get married till I was 44, right? Because I didn't think it was okay to marry a woman. (laughs) It wasn't, then it was legalized. We got married the next year. And so my journey of transformation, I felt such shame and guilt. And what happened was through cancer, I was able to reconnect with who I was 
my breasts weren't in the way anymore because I, I was like a double D. They weren't in the way. So I didn't have to just hide all the time because I didn't want people looking at them and staring at them. And then I felt like now, like the person I am today has no reason to hide. And so it was a catalyst for my internal yet external transformation and my professional career. So all the things. Mm. Yeah. And and to your point too, um, this show isn't all about theater, but it's funny how how many strings there are through this. Yeah. When you say you didn't feel like you were living authentically, like you were mm -hmm. being all that you can be, right? Because right. a lot of a lot of us struggle, I have struggled with holding my own space and not just fitting in and making it mm -hmm. easy for other people. I don't need to wait for other people to make space for me. I can accommodate right. that. Mm -hmm. It's not that much of an inconvenience. I'll wait my term, whatever, whatever story it is we come up with. Right. And I think it's really important to recognize. <clears throat> I think you went through this, this process and, and had a storybook. I mean, your story has got to be written <laughs> clearly, <laughs> um, but all of the insights and ahas and, and epiphanies, but when we come to that moment at which we realize, I mean, what is the, the quote by Anais Nin? You know, the moment came when it was too uncomfortable to remain curled tightly Ooh, in a boot. I just, yes. I just destroyed that quote, but there's a point at which mm -hmm. staying closed and not opening up and sharing your light is just too uncomfortable. Yeah. There's not enough life for us to wait anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. That's so true. I feel like I had several of those moments, you know, I mean, it sometimes like one time it came and a student performing a monologue, you know, she was up there doing her monologue and I was just like, is this the last time or do, what am I going to do with this? This kind of thing. And so it came in a moment of me talking to one of my friends who said, you know, um, she works as a police officer and she's just looking forward to retiring. And I was like, oh, I never want to retire. I want to continue doing something that I love for the rest of my life. And the most pivotal time it came was when I, one of the, the last few conversations I had with my mother before she passed in 2017, I asked her, cause my mom lived to be 85. And I said, mom, you know, I always, I was an inquisitive kid, which is why I like the podcast. I like to ask all these questions that I can't ask over a, a beer, right? Unless <laughs> it depends on the person I'm talking to. So I asked my mom about six months before she passed. And I said, mom, you know, you've lived to be 85 years. What are you the most proud of in your 85 years? And she couldn't come up with anything, Susie. She didn't in that moment, not even her five kids. She didn't say that. You know, and my mom was witty and she joked a lot. But in that moment, I'm not sure that she was proud of her 85 years on this earth. So I turned that question back to myself and I analyzed it. I ruminated on it for months and months and months. And I was like, I don't want to be that person who lives to be 185 or 100 who has regrets. I've got to do this now because tomorrow's not promised. So it came in so many different ways and that it was just the second I, 
when things are not going according to my expectations and my plans, and then that's when I go, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, no. And so the universe knows it needs to send me this. Like, you know, it, it made it easier. So I had the motivation to quit teaching, but I also, it was like, oh, I got to have talent. I got to have people who want my help, you know? Well, then that number started getting smaller and smaller and smaller in high school. So I was like, shit, I'm now just, oh, okay. What I'm doing is motivating and inspiring more. I'm not just teaching anymore because I'm motivating them to, hey, this is how much it's going to help you. This is, so I wasn't just teaching theater anymore. So I was like, oh my goodness. And I, the last year I was there, there were times like we had a study hall that was in integrated into one of my classes. I started doing meditation twice a week with the kids, stress and anxiety. Let's just take 10 minutes. And you know what? And some of the kids were like, I don't want that time. This is stupid. And so I was like, okay, well, you just pretend that you do this is theater. Just act like you love it. But there were some, right? <laughs> just act, act pretend. Like you love it. Yeah, act like you love it. But there were some kids who said, Ms. Stewart, I love this time in your class because I was starting to balance it out and listen to the gripers and go, okay, we're only going to do it once a week. And I'm like, we love it. We look forward to this. So I was like, take that, you know, you be quiet in the corner. <laughs> So it came in all sorts of moments of, of, okay, I know I've been resisting this, but I've got to step into my full potential now. Again, another long answer. <laughs> that's okay. It's all the right stuff that's coming up. And, and I think I love that too, that, that balance between looking around and saying, is it landing yet? Are people mm -hmm. inspired yet? Are they coming and knocking on my door yet versus, right? Like what's the, right. what's the mission we're on? What will we do to, to light people up? Right. Yeah. I've had friends yeah. say, well, stress is a hard sell girl. What, what are you talking about? Like people know they're stressed out. They don't want to spend more time thinking about it. And my answer to that is, well, <laughs> it's the common denominator. We can all start a conversation from here and recognize right. that things can change. We can make a shift. You know, we mm. don't have to settle for what it is. Right. Um, and so I love what you share and you go live on Facebook. I was just telling you, I love the video that you shared today Thank and the message me. that comes to you. I think that, that the right message comes through at the right time. Mm -hmm. um, and so how do you, how are you getting in touch with what message needs to come through first? You know, it's in the moments when I go, oh, this is exactly what needs to happen. And I made that video like 30 minutes before I got on the call. I mean, because I started, I hit record and went, ah, is it? And then I kind of started stumbling because I was trying to use other people's words. Right. And so I was like, and so I'm much better. Like I've never been one who followed a script. Even when I acted in high school, in college, they would go like, girl, you have got to stay on script on book. You just, you can't just go off and do your own thing. I always, and so I do better extemporaneously and impromptu. And so when I speak from the heart and then I go, I've been, so one thing that I initially started doing Susie was I was, when I first like go, I'm going to be full-time coach. 
theater. I never did it before. I don't want anybody to know I did theater, blah, 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 blah. No kidding. And I was like, because people aren't going to take me seriously if they knew I was a teacher before and now I'm a coach. And I went, holy shit, but your whole foundation of transformation is theatrical. How can you not own that? And so whenever I go with theater is such a part of me, and that's what I use to help people reinvent themselves, to become the person you need to be so you can get the things that you want in life. Because if you already had them, you know, if you were already that person, you would already have what you wanted. And so my theater background helps me to do those things. And so just coming full circle with the message of just speak from my heart. And whenever I just go, I'm just going to turn it on. I'm just going to start talking. I always find that those are the best times because I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which speaks to exactly what I think that you are on this mission to share, which is that discomfort that comes from holding ourselves back, dimming our shine, yeah. fitting into something that is not what we are. Right. And so I am struck to ask, you know, if in the process of reinventing ourselves, mm-hmm. um, some people love to say, fake it till you make it. And some people say, hell no, that is not going to work for you. So where right. do you fall in that? Is it a tool? It is absolutely a tool. And I never use the words of faking it till you make it because even in my theater, in my directing, I was never an advocate for act like the character. No, you become the character. And I remember, and there was always a difference and something that I always did. And this is you know, kind of some of the things I do with my characters. Whenever uh, I always made my actors have an extensive character list, backstory. What is your moment before? How many given circumstances are you playing right now? How many beats are you using to accomplish those things? Scene objectives, overall, I mean, just the gamut. You are Stanislavski's girl. Yes, I am. You know, I am with a little bit of Meisner. (laughs) I love it. And what I would do, Susie, is I would go in like, sometimes it would be like be before dress rehearsal, sometimes just rehearsal. And Susie's playing Juliet. And I would say, I would go in as a character from that time period and go, Juliet, what are you doing out here when you're supposed to be at home? And then the kids knew me so well, like I would just jump out one time I would be Miss Stewart. The next time I'd be like, no, I'm the old lady from the square. What are you doing here? And they'd be like, oh, and you go, Miss Stewart. And I was like, stop it. You go with it. <laughs> and so they learn it's like okay at any moment because I wanted them to become the character I don't do this act as if and so I was like if the clients that I'm working with right now we see the future version if it's theatrical you see the outcome you know where the character wants to go right there's a full evolution but now what is the difference between we're not going to act like we're, we have become that character right here and then we're going to take the character arc to full fruition So I don't act as if we become from day one. Mm, I love that. I love that. I used to, freshman year, I used to write quotes that amused me down and like litter my wall in the dorm with them. And one of my friends, we were doing monologues and beginning acting. And -hmm. it was very much, you know, uh, she started to get notes and she just knew she hadn't related that. She hadn't dropped into it. She says, wait, 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 let me show you my motivation. 
which is <laughs> such a perfect illustration, right? Like yeah. I'm going to show you my motivation or call right. it your why, right? Instead of embodying it, you don't need to show anybody right. if it is in you, you don't yeah. have to fake it till you make it. You, you don't have to step into it. So true. God, so true. <laughs> so yeah. So that's where I land, Susie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so how do you work with people? Do you do one-on-one work? How do, how do people connect? Yeah. With so right now I'm actually re I'm full with one-on-one work. I have a couple people who will be, you know, always go graduating in like the next month. And so, and I, I did realize that I'm full at 12. It's like, I don't have the bandwidth, but more than that one-on-one. So people can work with me. It's a little, it's a little bit of a wait list right now, but they can work with me one-on-one. And I offer two types of coaching. I do full coaching or I do laser coaching. So the laser coaching is like half the price. It's for like 12 weeks and they're 30 minute calls. And we go wherever you need me to go during that 30 minute time, because it's more, it's laser, right? The full coaching is um, five months. It's five months at the call. I mean, you have access to me like through WhatsApp. As a matter of fact, um, and some people, some clients go once a week or sometimes I give them the choice of going bi-weekly. And I have, uh, you know, I have clients who are on different versions of that. But my next big jump, Susie, is I am launching my first ever group coaching program. And so it is called Creating Your More. It's what I'm about. I think so many people, like I wish my mother had taken that class. I wish she would have gone through it and then she wouldn't be looking and scanning her life at 85 going, I don't know what I'm proud of. I didn't take any of those dreams to the grave with me. So Creating Your More, that group, so the cart's gonna open on Tuesday, as a matter of fact, and it's going to stay open until October 15th. So for 10 days. And I know, you know, I used to real get real panicky about it and go, who's going to sign up and all these things. But I know that there are people who are already destined to work with me. I know that my people are out there. Paige confirmed that yesterday. Paige talked to the angels. And so people can work with me one-on-one or they can join my group program, Create Your More. And that's going to be a 12-week experience. And I 100% believe it's a profound experience. I know it will be. I know it will be. And at whatever point in time people find our show, they can go to your website. We're going to have that link in the show notes and find out what is coming up, what's available, get on the wait list. Absolutely. To get some of this genius and so we, we went way off book. I'm glad that you're an off book kind of a girl, um, I so, but I do think it's important to check back. And I love that you started instilling this in the high school students, right? Stress balancing mm. and, and tuning into meditation. What are some of your, are there other tools that you love that when people come to you and they're like, I can't even think straight. There is so yes. much going on. Are there some tools that you like to help people come back? Yes. So the whole thing that like the very first call when I get on, when people's like, I want to work with you, we have, we make agreements, we do the same. So the the next thing I do is we have to figure out where your homeostasis is. Where is home? Right. I know it's a real sciencey word, but it's true. Sciencey too. Right. Right. And so my wife is a microbiologist. So she loves the word homeostasis. She goes, you people just make up anything. That's science. That's not coaching. That's not woo woo. That's science. (laughs) 
Woo can't be unsigned or woo doesn't have to be unscientific. Homeostasis right. is freaking profound, man. Is, Our right? bodies are brilliant. Yes, they are. And so, you know, the thoughts that show up in the mind have already shown up in the body. So the very first call I teach my clients, you have to know where your homeostasis is. So when you're knocked out of that homeostasis, you go, oh shit, I got a tightness in my chest. What just happened? Oh, because so-and-so looked at me and rolled their eyes. And now I'm feeling some kind of way because I made it mean all these things. Right. And so immediately, so many of us don't recognize when we're out of it. So thank you. That's so important. Learn to recognize you in balance. So when you are out of balance, you're like, we need to shift back. What do we need to do? Right. One of the benchmarks for my clients, because I always have them make this checklist. Susie will know when she's living her best life when, right? And one of the staples that have to go and that I demand that you agree to this is whatever time that is, you will only be affected negatively from negative situations or thoughts or limiting beliefs or whatever for less than a minute. And then you're going to bounce back up to homeostasis. So you the are agree- a coach. You're yes. the total package, Trivia. <laughs> I love it. You're like my own Ted Lasso. <laughs> and if anybody's not watching that on Apple, I suggest wait till season two is done and then binge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <So> good. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I do. I find that it's a thing that helps me. And it's the thing that, you know, once I instill it into my clients and then they go, oh my God, yeah, I'm so much more aware now because it becomes a domino effect when you're not aware, you know, one thing pissed you off and pissed in your coffee at seven 30 in the morning when well, you're still pissed about that one thing. And then somebody does something at two 15. It's like, why well, was so pissed? That was nothing. Well, cause you were pissing in your coffee at seven 15 and you didn't recognize it. So it was just bam, 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 bam. Knocked all the dominoes over. You've been doing nothing but reacting ever since. Right. Completely given up control over the situation. And yes. Yourself. Yes. Giving other people your thermostat is what I call it too. Ooh, that, that's good. Yeah. Cause they're going, hey, let me piss Susie off. And Susie doesn't know how to kind of, how to react in a, in a nice Susie kind of way. So Susie goes, I'm pissed off, you know, that whole thing. So yeah, <laughs> it's like the mad puppeteer back there, right? It's a great Oz. <laughs> but yeah. And, and that's what it's like because we just give people control over us the external, you know, circumstances, it's like, we can choose how we react to those things, but you have to first know what the reaction is doing to you. So, yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. And then um, to build on that, I'm going to, I'm going to get as many free, amazing tips from you as I possibly can. Everybody's <laughs> going to be so hooked. They'll be onto your page next. Um, <laughs> what have you found to be the most supportive in helping you to balance or recover from stress? Well, it's that. It is also, I mean, I meditate every day. And what helps me to balance, like right now, I'm in a, you know, I have like this week was, I feel pretty stressful for me. And what I find is that, you know, I'm a fan of human design as well. I'm a generator. And so I'm designed to not make major decisions right now. I need to sleep on it. There there was a major decision I made a couple of weeks ago 
a financial major decision and it was tearing me up because I made it in the moment. And then I regretted it and regretted it and regretted it. And so I was like, oh my God. And so I was losing sleep, all these things, meditating longer. And when I went back and said, if something, when I roll those words through my mouth, and if it doesn't bring me joy, if there's an inkling of stress and tightness in my chest, then I don't do it. That's what brings me back every single time now, because I have to feel good and I have to make sure it, it it's the same feeling the next day, because I can be on an emotional high. My emotions as a female, you know, we lead with our hearts and our emotions men lead with their heads, their intelligence. But I know that I can trick myself because that's kind of like you go out and you hang out and you're drinking with your friends. It's like, yeah, baby, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow. Let's all go go sell all our things and let's go have go fun in Greece. Let's just go live in Greece because that sounds good right now. And then tomorrow I'll be like, what the shit did I do? That was the beer and the fireball. Holy so to keep myself, you know, pull out like an umbilical cord, which is horrible for me to say, but pull out the emotion of the situation and go, now when I run that question through my mind, do I have peace? Do I have excitement? Do I have joy? That is the thing that I use. And that is why you have to know where your homeostasis is because yes. if you have lost touch with how you feel mm -hmm. separate from how other things trigger you and make you feel how yeah. your friends can pump you up and yes, let's all move to Greece. Right. Sounds amazing, by yeah, the way. Next week, it does. I'll meet you there but... in a couple of years, but I don't yeah. know about tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It's going to yeah. unfold in its own time. but And that's something that I, I really love to shine a light on too, is there's so much input coming in from so many different channels. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have totally don't even know what that signal sounds like. Don't even right. know what our body is you know, what is, what it's trying to say until it starts mm -hmm. like blasting out alarms yeah, and like, right. And then it's too late benched. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes it is altogether too yeah. late. Right. So true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I love that tuning in and, and taking time. I appreciate that. I'm a generator too. I'm a power generator. <laughs> Little almighty, yeah. almighty senators for you. There's a band that should still be playing. Oh, <laughs> someday we'll be at a concert together. I know this. Yes, yes. <laughs> and um, mm. one more question. And okay. uh, just to remind folks, all the information, ways to connect with Travia will be in the show notes. So do follow up and keep on keeping up with her because she shares brilliance just like this all the time. Oh, thank you, On Susie. Facebook too. She's so available. Um, available. I love it. When, Thank you. When priorities do start to crowd in, especially mm -hmm. so we are in a situation, we took that COVID kick in the butt and said, mm -hmm. um, okay, not a day job for me right now, making my own hours. We are creating our own enterprise, but some people do have that nine to five. They have that clocking in and, and mm -hmm. not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. Like your, why doesn't have to be your right. career. Right. Um, but when it comes to priorities and balancing that, do you have any tips on how people can still feel aligned Yes. in their so priorities? This is exactly what I talked about in my, in my video today. And so I believe that the reason why people fall out of alignment, like during the week is because we allow, we are just reacting right to all the things when we go, Oh God, 
even if you love your job, we still leave out the parts that make us feel alive. So if you go to vacation and go, oh, I feel so good. I got to listen to the waves. I got to drink coffee on my balcony. I took a walk. Okay, you can do all those things Monday through Friday, right? And so what happens is we segment, this is my job, this is my work, and work comes first. Okay, that's fine. Work can come first. But where can you go? Oh, between 9 and 9.30, I'm going to leave the building. I'm not going to sit at my desk and eat. I'm going to go take a walk. Why? Because I did that on vacation and I love that. How about I go and have drinks with my, well, maybe not during the day, but maybe after work, you go and have drinks, but you can go have lunch, right? In the middle of the day. So I'm I'm an advocate for I believe if you give yourself enough of the things that you love, especially during the workday, that when those things come across your desk, when those things is like, God, I hate balancing the, the, the data here. And, the you know, when those things happen, you go, but I just had a great fun ass lunch with my bae. And I'm telling you, I'm feeling good. Yeah, bring those, those numbers in here. That's what I'm talking about. So you fill yourself up, right? And so, but if you never take the time to fill yourself up, then all you're doing is like, oh shit, another chart. Oh my God, I got to do a report for them. Oh my God, I got to go try to pump somebody up. I'm not pumped up myself. I don't pump somebody else up right? So you got to fill your cup with the things that you love, not just on Saturday and Sunday, but every single day. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and that was my response when I heard you say that, because I reached that point when I was still in my day job, when I was still clocking in and I loved what I was doing and I loved the clients, but I didn't love the grind. I didn't love the extra yeah. hours. I didn't love the late night messages. I would wake up on Monday and be like, oh my, is it Friday yet? Like I cannot do this right. for five days. This weekend was not enough. Right. And so many, it's, it's hard to pull ourselves out of that, right? So I love that inspiration, that call to action to identify some things that juice mm -hmm. you up, that make you feel like you're having a little vacation over your lunch hour or, yes. you know what I mean? I do Play some music, yeah. you know, do, do what serves you and, and make a shift rather than saying Saturday morning, I'm going to sleep in and it's going to make up for this whole week. Right. We'll pull of misery that I didn't take doesn't. action and start to shift now and right. it isn't enough to go around. It isn't. It isn't. <laughs> so yeah, I love doing that. And that was one of the reasons why I said I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I was like, you know, one of the things I always wanted was flexibility. The structure of working in a high school did not afford me that. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to schedule a call at two. I'm going to go work out, you know? And so I love doing those types of things, but I give myself what I need daily. Yes. And I will say too, you're making me think because having not been an entrepreneur before this part of my life, mm -hmm. talking with people about stress and reaching a point at which I've been more stressed and closer to burnout than I have ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. It's all about the choices. And if yeah. we let ourselves be run by the work, by the commitments, by other people's ideas of what is a priority, mm -hmm. then why are we taking that risk and, you know, putting our right. hearts into what we're doing? So taking the wheel and making choices and being clear about what serves us. Absolutely. Yep. We have to keep track of that all the way along the way. We certainly do. Yes. Yes. I love it. So many great ideas. Is there anything we didn't have a chance to get to or any parting shots you want to leave people with? 
I do have one thing that I want to just share that. So when I talked about my cancer struggle, one of the biggest changes that I made after that was my mindset. I was a person before that who was going, I was, you know, if you, if you know what saboteurs are, you know, my hypervigilant was first. So I always worried, like I would drive to, to school and it was an MD Anderson cancer center on the right. And I wouldn't look, you don't look over there. You're going to turn a stone. You're going to turn a stone. And so I 100% believe that I was creating an environment with my thoughts that helped that cancer to show up. Now it showed up early. So I'm thankful for that. But one of the biggest shifts was in my mindset as well. And so when we're talking about stress, when we're talking about anxiety and how to make go through your day, reframing those things. And it's just like, this is, okay, how can I look at that as a challenge? Because I get to use my creativity to figure that out, right? And so shifting my mindset to not seeing the glass. I mean, I've always been an optimistic person, but sometimes it was like, I saw the struggle in figuring that out before I go, I got this. And I would have to sort of go, okay, pat myself on the back, talk myself into it. You got it. You know, I've always been a coach. I was like, let's go, you know, but the mindset. And so leading with gratitude, coming from a place of pure potentiality, we have the potential to be great. We have the potential to live the life that we want to live. It starts with controlling the thoughts in your mind that create the feelings that store in your body that prevent us or motivate us to take action. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. Mm-hmm. See, <laughs> we could have a whole nother up. We could start over right now. I am, I am right now digging into um, positive intelligence and Shirzad Shamin's work. He is yes. a mature guy he and is. he's terrific. And his story really shines a light on it. He had yeah, in to college. wrestle with this himself. Yeah. And his insights are profound. Mm-hmm. And immediately you start to be more aware. And yeah. I read, um, is it Rick Carson's book, Taming Your Gremlin? A Ooh, bit I haven't back. read that one. Okay. And it's a really great way of taking another perspective or how to reckon with that, with that inner voice, with that inner critic, with your gremlin. Yes. Right? yes. And, and, and seeing it as, as a relationship, as opposed to a, you know, a confrontation or trying to mm-hmm. mute it or wrestle it right. or, or fight it out. And so Shirzad's work even takes it a step further in kind of categorizing, quantifying, there's a little more structure to it rather than mm-hmm naming and you know illustrating your own gremlin but to look at these saboteurs and just be aware yeah which all goes back to your initial point what is your homeostasis exactly and when this voice starts coming in or this reaction this reflexive response to something like that doesn't feel like me 
Where is that yeah. coming from? What's that right. motivation? Is it hypervigilance? Right. Is it people pleasing? Mm. Is it avoiding? I'm gonna share a couple of my own little saboteurs right there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a pleaser too. Thyself. It's so yes. so. It's really great introspection. So that's thanks yeah. for bringing that up. We'll Absolutely. Drop those books if people want to dig into that, but of course you could just go to the source. <laughs> yeah. Connect with Travia. Look for her videos on YouTube, on her Facebook page, and if she doesn't have a group, I'm sure she's putting one together because. <laughs> He's a phenomenal communicator and a connector like myself. Yes. Thank you so much, Susie. This has been fantastic. See, yeah, these are the conversations that I want to have with people and, but I can only have them with fellow podcasters. <laughs> All right. We're bringing uh, it, we're breaking it down. I love it. Yes, I'm so glad are. you made time for joining us today. Thanks for yes. hopping on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me on the show, Susie. This has been incredible. And thank you just for the platform that you shared with me. I appreciate it so much. It is my pleasure. It's been a treat. Yes. I thank you, my dear. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Take good care of yourself. And okay. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Susie. You too. All right. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.